Hello, and welcome to the Good Heart Gals podcast. I am Kristen Harness, a nonprofit founder and founder of Good Heart Collaborative, a wellness tech company focused on supporting female leaders of helping professions build resilience and boost wellness. I am also your host, where I'm going to introduce you to incredible female leaders from around the world who have dedicated their careers and lives to helping others during their greatest times of need. This is a place where I'm going to pull back the curtain a bit so you can hear the real and raw realities of this messy yet rewarding work. I promise that you will be inspired, challenged, and motivated by these powerful stories. You can learn more about my guests and my services at goodheart.app. Make sure you check out my online training called Protect Your Compassionate Heart, a guide to beating burnout and combating compassion fatigue. I also would love for you to follow me on Facebook at Good Heart Collaborative and Instagram at Good Heart App. All right. Thanks for joining us. Let's jump in and hear from our guests today. My special guest this week is Lynn Jackson-Taylor. She's the founder of Birth Like a Boss, where she helps pregnant women from all around the world go from anxious and unprepared to fully confident in their abilities to have an empowered birth no matter what so that they can thrive postpartum and step into the higher versions of themselves. She does this through her unique four-step transformational program that combines hypnobirthing, mind-body physiotherapy, and re-self-identification. Having experienced a natural home birth, then a heartbreaking miscarriage, and most recently a C-section during the global pandemic lockdown, Lynn has devoted the last seven years of her career to helping others build their own internal resilience to avoid perinatal trauma. Lynn believes that every woman deserves a beautiful birth and that the only thing that stands in their way is fear and doubt. From this perspective, she champions the idea that birth is not just about the baby and that our hyper-medicalized systems neglect the re-self-identification process that happens automatically during our transition into parenthood. Indeed, Lynn argues that the mindset which we embody during pregnancy and during the actual birth will propagate and will negatively or positively affect our health, our relationships, and our performance, both at home and at work. The good news is that while we cannot control the external variables in our lives, we have all the power to master our mindset. I really enjoyed speaking with Lynn today, and I think that you are going to love this episode. Lynn, thank you so much for joining me today, and welcome to the Good Heart Gals podcast. I really enjoyed speaking with you maybe what was it two, three weeks ago now? Yeah. Yeah. And I just really enjoyed hearing more about you and the work that you're doing. And I would love for you to share, you know, tell us more about you and then your company birth like a boss. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me here. First of all, it's a real honor. um, And I love your podcast. I think it's fantastic. So it's, I'm really glad to be here. Well, um, for, to start, oh, Birth Like a Boss is my life's work now. It's really what I've come back at, um, what I'm obsessed with, which is women's health, physical and mental during pregnancy, during birth and in motherhood. But I think maybe to understand where, where I'm coming from in that, I'll, I'll probably just take you back to 2013. <laughs> so you can yeah. see where I'm coming from. Back in 2013, I was a pure science sports physiotherapist. That's all I did. I was obsessed with pain and I was so skeptical about the mind body effect I was too cool for anything mildly woo woo and I really believe that labor pain was unavoidable that it's something that's out of our control that it's something that's inflicted on women full stop I believe that severe physical damage was unavoidable because that's all I saw I just saw trauma and pain um I believe that um it was impossible to overcome my deep rooted, really deep rooted anxieties of that I had myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was actually just really ignorant about the whole science behind the mind body connection. And all of that had to change because I got pregnant. <laughs> so after that, I was in a very fixed mindset. And then when I got pregnant, uh, I, was, I, I was so paranoid. I was so, so scared. Um, and I got pretty much forced to go into uh, training with my aunt, who is this award-winning midwife. Uh, she's like, I got to teach you this hypnobirthing stuff because you're just doing yourself a massive disfavor and causing yourself a lot of stress. But I ended up doing 
her training and I kind of went there half-heartedly. I dragged my husband Joe along and <laughs> this turned my whole worldview upside down. It transformed everything the way I see uh, my work, my, my, myself and, and motherhood, the whole thing. So, um, and I, and, and so I thought, okay, well, you know, this, I hope works. This was very new to it at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up having an amazing first birth uh, experience, um, mm-hmm. a natural home birth. No and pain? No, I'm not saying that there was no pain, but there's a difference. I think anyone who tells you that you can have absolutely no pain, it's not a lie. It is actually technically possible. Okay. It's on a spectrum. It is actually technically possible. I'll tell you this. You can, there are even women who have orgasmic births. Okay. okay. Totally thing going on down there, but it is this physiologically, it is possible. Like that okay. can happen, but my wasn't down that end completely, but I was able to channel what I felt, what was happening in my body into like, just feel its energy. And when you channel that energy to, to work with your body, not against it, then there is no resistance. It's the fear that creates that tension that creates that resistance, which is what creates the pain. It's that physical resistance. Baby's got to come out. And if you're holding it in, through a thought, which then translates into the body as tension, um, mm-hmm. then you're creating all of that resistance and you're not opening up for, for baby. And right. then you get the, you know, your, your cervix closes, the blood supply goes down, all of these things. It's like a, a, a vicious cycle that mm-hmm. you go down and that prolongs labor and that makes your contractions inefficient. And mm-hmm. that's what creates exhaustion. And that's what creates the, the pain. Uh, wow. A lot of that pain comes from that. So when you let go of all of that, it just flows. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why it was, it was very fast and, and, and it didn't look like I was in labor. So oh. essentially I was turned away. That would be from- amazing. <laughs> well, it, 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 it's completely possible. I see it with, right. with pretty much all my moms. They, they, you, you, I showed up, I was like, yep, yeah, this is it. This is, I'm doing all the things. And then they said, well, you're not really in labor you're having a conversation with me you know this is you're you're not screaming I don't think you're in labor Mm -hmm. come back tomorrow and that really almost burst my bubble I was Mm -hmm. like I was like well going back into the self-doubt what am I doing wrong is this you start to question your body you start to go back into old forms of thinking Mm -hmm. and that that's a, a, a real dangerous spot that a lot of women hit along their 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 journeys so when I went back home I really had to pull in all of my mindset training to get back into that bubble. Mm-hmm. And once that happened, just went primal and bam, she was there like in, in under two hours. And wow. um, my husband caught her. It was amazing. That was like, and I, that's when it became, when I realized this is real, mm-hmm. <laughs> this actually just does work. And um, any remaining skepticism that I had just had, had, had managed. I was like, this is, my new fixation now is like, how was this possible? And to understand the science right. behind that, because because uh, it needs to happen. Yeah. Um, and you experienced yeah. it yourself, so nobody can deny that. Yes, you I was went through that. You know, <laughs> the biggest skeptic was me. It yeah. really was. It was me. Um, the least helpful birth partner was my husband. I mean, I love the man. <laughs> I love him so much, but he was a brick doing my pregnancy. He did not believe in this stuff. And, um, but he also went through that transformation and became the, the support that I needed on, on, on the day. Um, but yeah, so that, that was my, that was my first, um, birth experience, but mm-hmm. if you will, like the, the plot kind of thickens from that. So I don't mm-hmm. know if I told you last time before, but after that amazing home birth experience, no drugs, no intervention, no tearing, my placenta then got stuck. And that mm-hmm. happens. You get a sticky placenta sometimes, and it, it, it was it, there was an adhesion. I had to go to hospital to get that manually m- removed in the end. So I ended up having an epidural, having loads of manual, oh. like trying to pull it out for ages, and um, having to be separated from my baby and husband to go into the OR to have that done. And that you see now that was that's like well phase two of that birth mm-hmm. was was traumatic. You see, mm-hmm. now that I don't feel that my bubble back then was enough with what I had done to to protect me from that, in, that eventuality, that possibility that could come up. And I wasn't right. equipped with it. So that created a lot of anxiety 
around me, like separation anxiety for my baby. It's a very strange thing that happens. Like you should never really, you can't separate your baby mm-hmm. from the mother. And thinking back, she could have just been in there with me. But anyway, mm-hmm. that really caused a, a, a big kind of chasm in, in that attachment. Right. When I went back home, I was dealing with the, the physical rehab side of things. That was fine. I could manage that. But then it was the emotional, psychological stuff that mm-hmm. that really hit hard because life has, you know, life has got like it throws you lemons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it chucks you lemons. It rained down on me because unexpected um, lemons, unexpected lemons, <laughs> very unexpected lemons. And um, I was I was working um, in a busy London clinic back then, and my clinic director decided to go back on his word about me going back part time. Mm. um and this is this is the big issue with like you know that mom's face all the time working mm. moms if you're a career mom this is the biggest challenge that you meet it's like how am I going to do this afterwards right. with with a baby and I could and it was it was it was horrendous it almost ended up in court we ended up sealing outside because he was completely in the wrong this was com- really really wrong on all levels so he didn't let you go back to work at all or you wanted to go back to work part-time he agreed originally and then didn't let you okay yeah exactly it was pretty it was pretty much um you know how are we going to do this afterwards okay great i'll get someone to cover my mat leave i'll come back at staggered um staggered return i told all my patients i'll be back at this time blah 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 mm-hmm. we'll upgrade as i get childcare. you know all of those a natural thing that's going to be good for baby as well as me and and my patients but that's that wasn't that's that wasn't his plan. So it's it's. But the thing is that it was agreed beforehand, and that's why it was so unreal. I couldn't believe that that could mm-hmm. that happen. But right. that was that was really horrible, and that led to me like almost going into like the baby blues, almost turned into depression. It was really mm-hmm. hard and, and 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 lonely having to fight this when I'm meant to be enjoying motherhood, mm-hmm. um, and that really tainted a lot of it put a lot of stress on my marriage it was you know I had to I I that was when I really felt like well I'm really losing myself because who am I now it's like you know all of a sudden I'm I'm not I'm not in clinic and I have this newborn baby and it doesn't come with a manual and I don't know how you know everything is very overwhelming in those early days as you know it's just all all shades of crazy and that's what sparked uh, you know my need to dive deep into maternal mental health mm-hmm. uh, retraining and so like that I just needed to go deep into finding how I can dig myself out of this right for my sake for my daughter's sake you know for 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 just to to, to find myself mm-hmm. again um and so how did you do that how did you dig yourself out of that it it, it was starting off with from the from from having re uh, I started retra- retraining in hypnobirthing because I was so okay. amazed by that that was already on the cards I was like yes so you know what I need to incorporate this into my practice somehow um, and then after that once my job wasn't was gone I was like okay well you know what I'm gonna go full in completely retrain in this um, because I actually want to help other mums in this it became much it was a very strong calling mm-hmm. and I was and through that I was looking into the mindfulness aspects like practices in 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 well in 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 mindfulness in self-care um in becoming the observing self there's a lot of detachment from emotion so that you can self-analyze in a calm distant distanced way so that you're not in the emotion anymore and when you get that distance you get clarity you get serenity and it's with that clarity that you can make good decisions and that that that's what it is so it's like that was a whole process it, it was messy there was ups and downs and there was moments I, I was trying to get my head around it because it's quite complex mm-hmm. but then when things start to click into place and you start to practice that self-care then you 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 find yourself uh, slowly uh, slowly 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 and as I was starting to help other mums now that was that was huge because it's helping other people that you find your strength. Mm. It's helping them overcome the stuff that you've overcome. It's, 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 and when you show someone the way you realize that I have come this far, mm-hmm. that I have come this far, that I've, I've made this. And, and then you, you have that courage to go further. And mm-hmm. it's that 
camaraderie that you get through the women bonding is a really huge thing around these kind of topics that are so so profoundly transformative in our lives you know and they can go either way as the things like for these are like birth is like a fork in the road and losing your job is a fork in the road and you mm -hmm. always have a choice to go one way upwards onwards or let yourself slip down mm -hmm. so a lot of that was just yeah i got to make this choice and some of it is push just got you got to do things you got to push you got to show up for yourself and get help and do the things that you need to do like you know you can read and do all that and like learn all like a bunch of tactics if you don't do it then you're not you're always going to be stuck mm -hmm. um so it was there was always like this one quote from gosh from when i was a teenager um that always stuck with me it was the kind of notes that you write in the back of your agenda and stuff and mm -hmm. it was one that stuck with me and it was when you're walking through hell don't stop walking. right one foot in front of the other just keep going and any step you do is going to be better than not taking action mm -hmm. so it was with that kind of and i'm a stubborn person so that kind of stuff when you if you're a stubborn person you just have to latch onto the right goal right mindset and then you'll be stubborn about it and then yes. you just keep going so that stubbornness yes you can use it to 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 your advantage so it was absolutely with a lot of that yeah uh beautiful beautiful story, everything you just said. I mean, it's an incredible journey that you went through. And the fact that you are on the other side, helping other women work through it, I think is super powerful because going back to maternity mental health, it's so incredibly lonely. When I, I have two children and when I left the hospital after my kids, I had two very difficult births and I mean, I think my first one, I didn't do any epidural or medication or anything. I was in labor for two days. I pushed for over two hours. I literally was calling out to God to take my life. Like, I know that sounds crazy and dramatic now, but I wanted to die. I was in so oh, much I, agony I, I, and pain, I, 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 you know, I and, but I didn't know anything otherwise. I had never heard of this before. I never thought I, I just went in with expectation that like, this is going to be painful. This is going to be hard, you know? And I didn't think that there was any other way to, to approach this or think about this. Same with my daughter, absolute, you know, like nightmare. I mean, thank God. I'm thankful that I had two healthy kids and, you know, in that respect, it was uneventful. Um, it was painful for me, but uneventful. And so I'm grateful for that. But yeah, this is just like such a fascinating concept to me, I think to many other women listening and then maternal mental health. I mean, afterwards, we're pretty much on our own. Some of us may have family that can come help. Maybe our husband is supportive. Thank God mine was. Um, but, you know, maybe neighbors will drop off some meals or something, some, you know, nasty frozen meals that you don't even want to eat. But they're there to support you, but you don't really have anybody help you know really there to help you process and navigate through all of the ups and downs that you go through after you have babies and so i just think what you're doing is really powerful and yeah when you're going through hell keep walking if you're by yourself keep doing it but how much easier can it be if you're doing it with a group of women surrounding you supporting you pulling you, lifting you up, you know what I mean? Like carrying that with you, like that, that's a really beautiful place. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it, it, it really is. And um, I always tell women, it's like, you, you know, you're, what you're saying, I, I, I really understand all those things that you're saying, especially like the loneliness and you think that you're on your own and stuff like that. And I, I, I want to go back in time and flip your mindset on that. When you had that, I want to go back in time and say you are not alone. From day one, when you had your baby in you, your number one birth partner is actually your baby, mm. and I, you know, just and 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 seeing it in that way is is really powerful for the way you communicate with with this this human, this soul that you're having in that you're growing, this human mm. uh, that you're growing, and when you start thinking of it in that way something very strange happens because you start you start to become that the mother the that ferocious 
I got to protect this baby mother, but you know, not the, not the, oh, I'm, I'm well, not the, 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 not like, you know, not tiger mom, but like the mom who will go to any lengths to make sure that her baby is okay. And when you start going, I'm going to do anything for this, this baby, you know, it's, and I'm not alone because I'm talking to this baby right here, then you can, you start looking at yourself in a, in a, in a, in, in a different way. And you start thinking about actually, why am I feeling these negative things? How can I, what is it that I'm, what is it that I'm feeling? How can I, how can I change those feelings about me? And that's why I, I want that to be the trigger for self empowerment through 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 pregnancy as you're saying it's like yes you feel very lonely on the other side because you felt like you went through pregnancy alone that the birth you were it was very difficult but you didn't have like the tools to deal with the, the labor pain then mm -hmm. and all that but and you weren't prepared for the postpartum and things that like you know all of this it's like it's a you know you were you it's not your fault you were set up <laughs> the whole of society you know is is it's is not mother set mother focused is not mother centric mm -hmm. so you know you you were you weren't given the support that really should just be given uh, uh at the time yeah. and yeah. i want to talk to them then about empowering themselves so that they don't feel all of those things okay and even if you've had a traumatic birth uh like you for example if you're planning a next one then choose for this time to be empowered and that is that is twofold really first there's the empowerment for the birth and that is avoiding the physical trauma and the emotional distress okay because those are the factors that combined lead to postpartum uh depression and and ptsd uh they studies will show you that there's any number between one you know one out of seven is the norm of of women who are suffering from uh, ppd but mm. now with the pandemic that number is closer to one in two mm. right and all that trauma happens for all the reasons that we've discussed, like the labor being too long, the pain being too intense, but it's also the psychological uh, aspects of not being supported properly, of not feeling that your 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 being your wishes are being taken seriously, um, have lack of dignity even, and just how they treat you and talk to you um, will make you go into that fight or freeze or flight mode, right? So. Mm. All of that is going to 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 lead to to you. So the fact that's the physical mental aspect of just the birth. So to avoid that, that's all the the the, the tools and hypnobirthing is really the best thing for learning the techniques to control the mind body uh, connection, so that you can relax your body through the mind, but equally you can use your body, positioning, breathing, all those things to relax your mind and release that stress, that tension, uh, okay. so that your focus is in the right place. But that's really, that's that that's like a, that's a big thing that, that will say whether you were, you know, you get that trauma postpartum or not. But there is actually a bigger thing about empowerment that spans not just the birth, but the whole of the pregnancy, the birth and the postpartum that, uh, that I'd like to talk about. I think that you'll find this Please. interesting. This is the second fold of empowering yourself through pregnancy and birth. The second form of empowerment is really about the re-self-identification. I think this is the part that um, that is completely overlooked at the moment, that every woman I want everyone to know about this, okay? So I'm talking about this re-self-identification opportunity that presents itself naturally at birth because you said you you're becoming a mother, right? You're going to have a mother. You're going to change your identity. But I really want you to, to see birth as actually two births. There's the birth of the baby and you've got all the hypnobirthing tools to deal with that. But this bigger thing is this rebirth of you of the mother the mother and this is rebirth into a dual identity as a mother but as a new woman mm -hmm. as well and in that that woman there's all those sub-identities that you had before you as a lover as a worker as a friend as a sister all of those things that form that that still have to exist coexist with this new 
woman and who is that going to be? And a lot of us fall into that neglect, into that neglect. We neglect to recognize that there is this rebirth of the woman. The whole system is geared to just the health of baby and the mother gets, she's just sidelined. Like the mm. partners don't, they're not, they're not even in the picture, the poor things. Right. And, and they get sidelined from this. But so the, when you have the baby, as you said, it's really overwhelming. And that strong mother instinct can sometimes overpower the woman identity. Mm-hmm. And that's why you hear so many people say, I lost myself afterwards. Mm-hmm. And then life throws you lemons, like at me. Yeah. And you lose yourself. Again, you lose all these other identities that you have and you're in a vulnerable state. And you're, during this whole becoming a mother thing, there's a real transparency in the maternal psyche where your emotions will rise up very easily. They'll come to the surface very easily. That's why you hear a lot, you know, or you're pregnant, you're just hormonal, you're being overreactive and touchy. It's like, that's not like, you know, it's, it's not something that is just hormonal. This is a transparency in your maternal psyche as you transition in your identities from being daughter of someone to being the mother of someone. And that, mm-hmm. that, that whole role shift is huge. And you have a lot of emotions that surface to the top. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and these emotions are un, unhealed wounds, essentially. That you have that you that you're trying to 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 deal with. So there's a lot of emotions. Everything's going crazy over that. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you start neglecting to create space and time and self care for the woman and to nurture that identity and to forge it into what you want it to be, it just gets left aside. Then life happens to it instead mm-hmm. of you taking control. And that's when you're disempowered. You feel that you don't have control or direction on where you want to go. And that's why moms start resenting sometimes being a mom. It's like, well, I'm just a mom now. Or, mm-hmm. you know, this is what this is what I do. And there's a lack of self-respect. And then that translates into a lack of a lack of um, respect in the couple mm-hmm. as well. And then that just creates again another negative vortex that you get dragged down. Yeah. So what I teach moms to do is to consciously become who they want to be before all of that happens, before the birth, before, before the postpartum, before you're in the thick of it, mm-hmm. um, so that the overwhelm doesn't hit and yet that you have uh, direction. Because just like in birth, fear and self-doubt, they are the things that stand in, a, in our way of pretty much everything, of anything you want to achieve or that you mm-hmm. want to do, or who you think you can be. Those are the only things that stand in the way. And then, so what I've, what I've realized is that all these things that I'm teaching in terms of mindset for the birth that make your birth easier, that gets rid of the fear, that reduces the resistance and therefore the pain and the suffering, mm-hmm. it's the same thing for after. And so when you apply that, you just take that, you extrapolate it and you take it and you apply it to your motherhood life, then that just guides your parenting, guides your couple, guides you and it's that that empowerment is far greater lasting uh it's 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 like the missing piece i find instead of just focusing on the birth and then yes obviously that not going to plan but then not having anything to support you beyond that Mm -hmm. and in our system it's once the the birth is over your home and that's it wash your hands of you and you are on your own so you don't have that empowerment in you then you, then yes, you, then you can feel really, really alone. I absolutely love this so freaking much. I cannot explain to you how incredible this is. Like I, I'm just thinking back to my early days of motherhood mm. and how, and I've never heard this before. I know this might sound crazy to you, but I have never heard this before. Like basically a pregame preventative and restorative, like, plan for these women so that you don't have to just disengage from that person that you were before because you're a mother now and you also don't have to have so much guilt because you actually desire doing some of those things that you desired before 
you had you were a mother you know because i think that's what we do is a lot of people do <clears throat> is we feel like we have to choose one or the other so yeah we we lose that identity of that person that we were before because we're a mother now and we feel so much guilt even thinking about oh i might want to actually go back to work i might actually want to pursue a, a a college degree i might actually want to go out with my friends for the night or whatever and we there's so much guilt in that sometimes. And I yeah. think it's fascinating and amazing that you can balance the two. You can be both. I can be Kristen and who I was before. And I can also embrace this, this motherhood that I'm in now. And I can do that without having to carry around all this guilt. But I think what's so important about what you do is not only are you just, even just, communicating that and giving me the knowledge of that is powerful and life-changing like for me to even think that that's possible seriously but you go the extra step and you're like let's come up with a with with the game plan right like these are the things that you liked before and these are the ways that you can engage in your self-care after your baby so that you can if you feel like you've lost yourself you can regain that sense of identity again and it's, it seems like it's really mindful and really intentional like work that you're doing to help these women. Oh, so. I appreciate that. Thank you. And the thing is that you are rocking it. You're doing all the things. You have two kids and you're running this. You're doing amazing podcasts. You've got this. And, I, you know, even though you had all of those things, you obviously have created this, this still what I, what I call the boss mindset. That's why I call it birth like a boss, because yes, it's about having that confidence for the actual birth, but it's about being the boss of your whole life, not just, not just the birth. It's like your whole life and a good boss. And I always use this analogy for, it's like, you're going to re-self-identify, you identify as the boss, whatever that is of you're the boss of it because a good boss what's a good boss do which is the complete opposite really easy the complete opposite of my boss so my mm -hmm. boss overworked me okay my boss did not reward me when i went the extra mile my boss just fired my ass when i i when 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 i couldn't bend backwards for him mm -hmm. so he punished me for refusing self-sacrifice, essentially. I'm not gonna sacrifice my baby. I'm not gonna like not put my baby first in this and I still wanna work, but you know, I'm not gonna bend backwards and become a sacrifice uh, myself. So that's easy. That's the bad boss. What's a good boss? What's the ultimate boss you want to work for? Is someone who makes you happy, who rewards you for every single win you make, right? It's a boss who gives you time to actually rest to recover and not just certain employees but all of them the cleaner the cook the nursemaid uh, you know the the right. educator the what the 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 the, the worker the like the, the coordinator all the different people in this organization with the ideal boss would have a great like you know employee benefits essentially right, right. so if you're the boss of your household right then, and you wear so many hats. You are the cook, you are the maid, you are the nappy changer, you are, you are like the, the chauffeur. You, you, you have to do all of the things and run your business and still care for your patients and all of these things, right? You wear all these hats. So when you're in it, you can't see that and you get lost in it and you don't even know who you are anymore because you're split so many ways. And as you said, make one choice for the baby or for the work or for other things else. You're, 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 you're guilty either way. You lose, lose, right? You feel like that. So disidentify with that. Draw yourself up to your higher self, the boss mindset up here. So you can look down on all these roles that you're playing. You say, that's how I practice self-care. like, okay. You've been up all night. You've done, you know, you've done all this. We need to do something to support you in this way. We're going to have to, we're going to have to drop a few tasks here. We're going to have to do this. You're going to have to take some, you know, you're going to have to take some time for you. We're going to have to heal this, this part that's not going well. Where is it that you need support? The boss, unlike maybe the, the employee who's too proud to ask for help, which a lot of moms, like we feel like that. We feel like we, we're not entitled to it. The boss just wants the organization to work. They're not emotionally involved in it. They just are very practical and they can go, well, look, this employee needs help for this. I'm going to call in this. I'm going to ask for this. And they're not going to, you know, just 
they're, they're going to be very specific. It's like, I need, I said, not a freezer meal. <laughs> I need this. I need you to, you know, pay for one cleaner for one day for me, because that is going to change my life. Like be very specific and give those kind of smart goals and see clearly through that without the, the emotion. So that's why I kind of use that analogy to be that boss in your household and see yourself as all these multiple different employees all around you that are doing all the things. And the mother is one of those roles, but she's not the only one. There's also, as you said, you know, there's fun Kristen who wants to go out and see her friends. And it's like, that's a need. And if that employee is not happy, if that need is not tended to, then what's gonna happen, you know? She's gonna, mm. she's not gonna pull away. She's gonna slash, she's not gonna wanna be there. And it will have all these repercussions. So it's about keeping everybody happy. And every, by everybody, I mean, everybody that's in, that is you, your multiple faces, your different right. identities in there, but with you having an overarching uh, control over that. Right. Um, so yeah. I love that, that idea of using smart goals, like even just being really specific because yeah, typically people, you have a baby, and then people, good, good hearted people, right? Good intentions, but they reach out and they're like, what can I do to help you? Or let me know, let me know if I can help you. You know, that's a really common one. And typically we're just going to be like, okay, we'll let you know. And in our minds, we're thinking like, oh gosh, we could use help with so many things, but we don't want to ask for help because, well, we don't want to appear like we don't have it under control or that we can't handle this. And it's like, no, just ask for help, get really specific about the things that you need when you need them and see who's out there that can actually help you with those things. You need your house clean. That's a beautiful one. Like, you know, you mentioned that, like, that's great. Um, and just like, be really specific and don't be afraid to ask for help because I do think that that's tough for women, even women who kind of have that boss mentality already. When you have that boss mentality, you're like, I got this, you know, I don't want anyone to think. Oh, it's the strongest, it's the strongest women. It's the strongest, right. all the hardest. I'll tell you that. It's the strong women who were before birth, the super, um, the super women, the ones who are like super punctual, high achievers. And the high achievers mm -hmm. are the ones who find it the hardest because you're, it's not just, well, I had a baby and then I, you know, and it's, and it's just there. It's, you have just run a marathon. Your body has done the impossible, like the miraculous. And you don't get a night's sleep to rest and have a shower. No, your second event, the lifelong marathon starts immediately. Mm -hmm. And, and when you're not used to having, being able to control all of those things, and you're not used to the sleep deprivation, and you're not used to inverted commas like failing or not reaching you know your 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 what you set out to do or it's not the way you expect it to, to be and you're not used to failure because you have a high achiever you're not used to failure it's like you just do things and it's like but that's going to happen that's how you're going to learn that's that's, mm -hmm. that's that's how it works um but the strongest women i find are the ones who actually can suffer the most because as you said that you, it's hard to ask for help you don't foresee it because you're not used to failure mm -hmm. and or like, you know, upsets or like, you know, having to, to, to change plans. Um, so with those women, especially the pre-work is so important is putting all of that and having an awareness of that and a backup plan and what to do for, 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 for those events and, 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 you know, all the things. And as you said, help from outside it's 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 wonderful it always comes from a place of love but it's not necessarily what you need it's not necessarily what's best for you mm. and learning to say no sometimes and to to actually have things your it's it's that's a huge thing as well because I'm not painting a stereotype here but very often I hear about the overwhelming overbearing unsolicited advice and imposed ideas from in-laws, from mm -hmm. family members and things like that on everything parenting, on everything you do. And that can be taken really, really cr like criticism. Mm -hmm. and, and, and you just feel smaller and smaller and you don't feel that like, you know, well, well, well I can't even like raise my child the way I want to. And I can't do the things that I, that, that I want to. And that's when you really start feeling crushed because even this new identity of mother is being challenged mm -hmm. and you don't feel that you own your motherhood you, and, and you get friction. And then when it's with the in-laws and there's friction with your husband and then there's, you know, it's, it's all of 
those things. So having plans in place beforehand and a very clear awareness of what you are feeling, why you're feeling it and how you can let that go to achieve your ultimate goal. So do, you know, what do I need to do to actually get what I want? And before that question even is, what do I really want? Mm -hmm. And that is the question you ask when you are listening to yourself, mm. that you're really listening to yourself instead of neglecting yourself and all I those agree. different identities. So it's like, yeah, a good boss listens, asks, yeah. what do you need? What do you really want? What's going to make you really happy? What's going to make you as productive as possible? And so when you, when, then you have the answers and then you just work around, okay, how do I, how do I get that? And mm. then, then you, then you get it. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up. That's, that's amazing. But the, the miscarriage, I think is the one that maybe you want to go into. And so I know this is a very sensitive topic and I really want to respect your boundaries and your feelings. And I also want to extend my deepest condolences to you and what you experienced Lynn. Um, and as much as you're comfortable sharing, what was it like for you to experience a natural home birth, a miscarriage and a C-section during lockdown? And how has resiliency mindset really played a role in your own recovery process? Okay, yes. So this is something, as you said, it's a, it's a sensitive topic. And I'm gonna start by saying that it shouldn't have to be one, but there's so still so much taboo around it. And I think a lot of that's because we don't know how to manage our emotions uh, around it. And everybody deals with, with grief because it is a loss, it can be perceived as a loss. Um, in, in different ways. But just to answer your question there in a nutshell, because there's a lot to it, you said, how did I experience the natural home birth miscarriage and the C-section during, the, the, during lockdown? I would say the home birth for me in, terms, in, in, re in relation to the resiliency mindset was my proof. So I experienced that as an absolute transformation in the way I see everything there and that that's, anything's possible. Anything is possible through resiliency and, and the mind-body control. And when I had the miscarriage, that was a test. That was the test of, of the resiliency, of that mindset. And the C-section during lockdown was the ultimate challenge. Mm. Um, and each time I, I, I feel like I became stronger from it. And that's, that's how I experienced each one. And, and um, I would say like to anyone else who's had one out there, you're not alone. This is so much more common than we think it is. It's like, it's one in four. Sometimes they like now they're saying maybe it's even less. It's maybe more like one in two. And a lot of times we don't know about it, but for the later pregnancies that, 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 um, that are lost, it's at least one in four. Um, so I, I feel you out there. And I know that there's, there was nothing more devastating than going for that scan and seeing that that little bean on the monitor and they just said that there there is no heartbeat mm -hmm. and i think that there is nothing more devastating than seeing that and the way you the way you the way you can make sense of it or come to terms with it and everyone is going to go through grief in a different way um and i i knew that i had to turn this over through the right steps, but quickly. And I think that's really key when you're going through uh, anything. Like we said, when you're going through hell, don't stop, right? And mm -hmm. the faster you can go through this, the better. And I had to, because then my, my, my daughter was five years old at the time. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm coaching a whole bunch of pregnant women as well. So it's like, I have to deal with this to get over it and not let it affect, affect me and drag me down um, that fear, tension, pain cycle, which is exactly the, 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 the whole thing. It all comes from that. So I did actually write a whole different, I wrote this out for myself. And this is a really great thing for, 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 for that you can apply to a lot of things in your life. But it came from the fact that I had to do this for my five-year-old daughter. Mm -hmm. When you're finding yourself in the thick of something that you can't understand, you can't understand your emotions, try to explain it to a five-year-old. Mm -hmm. And that exercise in itself, having to sit down and go, how am I going to make, how am I going to make this digestible and acceptable for my five-year-old daughter? And when I did that, that brought me clarity and that gave me power to, to, to move on with the, with, with the, with the thing. So, mm -hmm. you know, 
it, it was really hard and really painful, but I know that it's okay now because I can talk about it on the other side of it. Um, yeah. My heart actually can feel your pain even when you're talking <laughs> it. And I know that you've, you've worked through it, but I just like my heart is really sensitive to what you just said. So I really appreciate your vulnerability in sharing that on this podcast. And I know that it will bring a message of hope, I think, to any women that have experienced it as well. Um, so thanks for sharing that. You know, you're not you're not alone with that. Um, and and then this the the the, the C section that was that was crazy because uh, I had placenta privia major, which means the placenta is blocking the exit. So the only viable way for baby to come out is by C section. Mm -hmm. And I was I was bleeding. There's a risk that the placenta could rupture. It was all very very you know high emotions, very stressful, and that why that's why it was the ultimate challenge. And I couldn't have my birth partner with me for all of the tests, all of the scans. But again, I, this is life throwing lemons at me. And I learned from the very first time that actually when life throws you lemons, yes, you make lemonade. It's an old saying, but seriously, this is, this is what you have to do. Mm -hmm. And I started writing up the program again from what I have on the mindset for C-section. Um, and with, I did a lot of training in, in maternal mindset for an empowered uh, C-section. And it's, it's like all things, it's the way you you perceive it it's your perception it's the way you you talk to yourself the way you talk to your baby the way you like just it's not just the small tactics like breathing and stuff like that but the way you visualize the whole journey and the wider scheme of things that takes away that that stress and and therefore pain uh all of that resistance so that was the ultimate test um and i am really happy to say that you can have an empowered emergency C-section <laughs> uh, and as well as a natural birth. And that really proves that it is the mindset. It's not the things that happen around you. It's how you deal with it. And that is applicable to anything in your life. Right. Yeah. I was just thinking that when you said that. That's amazing. Okay. Last but not least, because I would love to talk to you for like four more hours. <laughs> you, you obviously work in a field that is filled with all types and degrees and levels of emotions. So how do you as an individual really practice self-care in order to protect yourself from internalizing other people's pain and other people's experiences that you're working with? Yeah, that's a, that's a really, really good question. Um, I think there's a lot about that. Like, and that's why your, your work, what you do is really important because the, the healers do get wounded as well. And you can absorb a lot of negative energy or darkness from other people when you're, when you're helping. Um, and it is a practice that I, and I always, I always do this. And I share you my routine, if you will, if you want. Yes. Um, well, from when I was doing, and this, this is why the mind body connection is so fascinating, but before back when I remember I was just like, you know, physiotherapist did, and only in the body, I would still recognize that that pain, that physical pain from someone transmits into my hands, into my body. I feel that tension that wind up after doing a lot of manipulations on them that trans that actually comes over because you're trying to take away their pain and it goes into you. And it's the same when you do care work, all of that stuff. But after seeing a patient. Um, I used to, I, I used to do nothing before. And then a, a patient um, actually told me, it's like, you know, you need to, you need to do something for yourself after to, to get rid of what I just gave you. And I said, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and then remember, I was very anti-woo-woo back then. She said, no, 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 seriously, this energy's there. And like, you've just, you've, I feel great, but I don't want you to have it. So I want you to get rid of it. And she taught me this. And she said, look, take your hands because I was working manually and, and, and imagine that they're, they're completely wet and I want you to, to dry them, but without touching anything. So imagine that you raise your both hands around head level and you flick and you actually flick that imaginary water off your hands. And it's done quite vigorously. You might hear my wrist clicking mm -hmm. and you just let your hands go floppy and you let that energy out. And then you bring your arms out and then shaky, shaking your whole body, like that dust that has been on you and shake that off. And it's, it's, it's really strange, but that helped me because mm. I was getting real strains in my hands and doing that showed me that there is something about getting rid of the stress that you absorb. 
And in my program now, it's like I teach there's a lot. There's that is that is the the precursor for everything we do in terms of releasing fear, pain, and tension using movement, using vocals. You know, it's like it's all about getting it out of your system because it is coming through. You are a catalyst. You are channeling all of that. So you just need to get it out of your system instead of letting it stay there. And like we do loads of stuff, including <laughs> get this karaoke. I'm not joking. This is like such a huge thing in Japan. It's like really important CEOs, like super serious in the boardroom. They'll go down to a booth and sing their heart out. Okay. Sing their heart out to Taylor Swift. Shake it off. Shake it off. Like seriously. I see that. That's awesome. They're like seriously, like these like super, super like square, super serious, but they also have all of that stress and they have to do that. So Doing that, a physical element is huge. And then the other side, which is more the spiritual side of things, I will meditate in the morning, what first thing when I wake up and at night before I go to, to bed, because it's that transition between wake and sleep state that you're really going to be the access your uh, subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. So that practice is always, it's mindfulness of, and gratitude for what I have and literally telling my body and soul to wash itself of the things that I've experienced, the things that I've been witness, witness to mm -hmm. today. And that comes with, um, you know, reminding myself that I am not a body and a mind, that I am a soul who has a body and has a mind that I can use as tools to navigate this physical realm, mm -hmm. to work in this realm. But I am this higher self Right. And that's like, again, your boss mindset from there say, right. Okay. Look, you've done all this really good work. Now relax, release yourself. This that you dealt with today is not you. Mm -hmm. And it, it can't be you because it was this other person's there's, there's no an emotional attachment to you or projection onto you for mm -hmm. that talking to yourself. Again, the way you talk to yourself, that, that the, the consistency in the messaging that you send yourself, that is sending yourself self-love because you are looking out for yourself the way that the ultimate boss would look out for its employees so mm -hmm. that they're not harmed by their work environment. So there you go. That's my, that's my practice. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. So amazing. I mean, I have said this several times during the interview, but thank you so much. I mean, this is just an incredibly insightful, informative. I can tell that you are passionate. You're obviously experienced. You're educated. You're all these amazing things. And the work that you're doing, like it needs, this needs to be communicated like all over the world. Oh. I mean, how can, how can women get connected to you to learn more about you? Where can we oh. send them? Thank you. Yeah. Well, look, yes, I would love you to come uh, check out. I've got so many free resources on birthlikeaboss.com. That's like my main site. And I've got a masterclass there. I've got loads of videos and resources. Um, yeah. And you can come talk to me because uh, I can, as you can see, I would just talk for England <laughs> <laughs> on it. But thank you so thank much you, for having me. I really, really appreciated being here. I, I, I love what you do and you've made me feel really, really welcome. So um, I'm, I'm really, really appreciative.